The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the first chapter. Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed and kept asking one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. One of these things is not like the others. One of these things doesn't belong. Can you tell which thing is not like the other by the time I finish this song? You know, as inclusive as our society and the church tries to be, let's be honest, there are some things that just don't belong. Socks and sandals don't belong. Fruit on pizza does not belong. Well, maybe pineapple. But other than that, no. Me in a Speedo, that definitely doesn't belong. Nobody wants to see that. You know, I, there have been times when I felt that I didn't belong. You know, there was a time in the eighth grade when my family and I moved to a new town and I started a new school that I really felt out of place. And one of the worst days of that was near the beginning of the school year. And toward the end of the day, we had PE, physical education class. And on Monday through Thursday, when you would walk into the gym, we would take a left and all the eighth grade boys would go and change in the locker room on the left and all the ninth grade boys would go and change in the rock locker room on the right. But for some reason on Fridays, that switched up and all of the eighth and ninth grade boys would go to the locker room on the right while the girls would be in the locker room on the left. Well, you can probably see where this story is going. Um, since I didn't have any friends to walk with or any friends to tell me I was going the wrong way, lo and behold, I barged right on in to the girls' locker room. And let's just say, I realized really quickly, I didn't belong there. Have you ever felt that way? <laughs> Maybe you went to a party wearing a costume and it turned out it wasn't a costume party. Or maybe you've gone somewhere and you found yourself extremely overdressed or horribly underdressed. Maybe you just didn't click with the people you were with. Maybe you weren't like them or they weren't like you. I think at some point in time we all feel like we don't belong or something's out of place. I mean, 
I think that happens to everyone. Now, granted, I think that our society has come a long way when it comes to being inclusive. I mean, we don't have separate water fountains for people of different races anymore, and men and women can actually sit together in church when they want to. And we can also gather together and, and learn in the same place, boys and girls, men and women. It's very inclusive. And at the church, we, we try to say that all means all. But do we really mean that? I mean, there are some things, let's be honest, that still just don't belong, even in church. And I think we have a prime example of that in today's gospel reading. What we hear is that Jesus and his newly called disciples head to Capernaum. And what do they do on the very first time we see Jesus with his disciples? Well, what else would a good Jew do on the Sabbath? They go to the synagogue. And while Jesus is there, he's teaching. And people are amazed at what he's saying, so much so that they, they are wondering who this person is who's teaching with authority. Not like their scribes teach. You know, their scribes, they teach with knowledge. But this guy, he was going above and beyond. But just then, a guy comes up to them with a demon. And at once he says, what do, you, what, what do you have to do with us? We know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. But Jesus was having none of it. He told the demon to get out. And at once the demon was gone and the man was healed. And the people there were amazed and excited. And they said, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands, and, and even the demons obey. And from that, his fame spread throughout the land all the way to Galilee. Now, this is an amazing story of an incredible miracle. But I've got to be honest, there are some questions that are sort of brought about by this. First of all, it says that Jesus went in their teaching, and they were amazed by his teaching as one with authority. And then he cast out a demon, and again, they were amazed at his teaching. Well, did they miss the whole casting out the demon part? I mean, what, what happened there? That I mean, to me, I've heard people teach, and I've heard some great teachers. But I think they were sort of burying the headline on that one, don't you think? I mean, hey, here's a guy who can cast out demons. But they were so enthralled with his teaching that that's what they focused in on. The second thing that sort of stands out is, is the demon itself. A couple of things that, that the demon said. The demon, it says, the demon. That's one. But then when the demon refers to themselves, it says, what do you have to do with us? Us? There was only one, right? What does that mean? And then, here's something pretty astounding. Jesus comes into the synagogue, where he is the Son of God, where the people that are there are the good people, the righteous people, 
the holy people. But who is it that recognizes who Jesus is? It's not the people who we're seeing. They're like, who is this guy? And the demon says, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And lastly, I think what stands out here is the comparison that's made at the very beginning that sort of draws all of this into some understanding. Because the people immediately say, who is this? He doesn't teach like our scribes. He teaches like one who has authority. Now, the scribes in that day, they were sort of the biblical experts of the time. They were the ones who ran the temple or ran the synagogue. And so I'm thinking they probably didn't take too nicely to this newcomer on the scene who all of a sudden is grasping the eyes and ears of their people. Which makes me wonder, could it be that the demon that's being spoken of here is not the demon that we think of, but the scribes themselves. Now, I know this sounds a little strange because, you know, who would think that holy people like that would be compared to a demon? Because, I mean, you know, people like that don't belong in church. All means all, but I don't think that includes demons. Does it? I don't know. Do you really think that we belong in church? I mean, we say that we believe in God and that we know who Jesus is. And guess who else said they knew who Jesus was? The demons. They knew who he was. And they were afraid, what do you have to do with us? And see, I think that that's where we struggle with too. Because sometimes when it all comes down to it, when the gospel itself challenges us, when Jesus' very presence makes us feel uncomfortable, that's when our demons come out too. You know? When things aren't like the way they've always been, or we don't agree with the way things are going, or maybe we find out that we should be dealing with our money a bit differently or we hear things that don't actually agree with our politics. About the time that the preacher goes from preaching to meddling, we take exception and that's when our demons come out, right? Because let's be honest, we are fallen, broken sinners and, and we don't always get this Jesus thing right, do we? But how does Jesus react to that? He casts the demon out. He doesn't cast the person out or the people out. He casts the demons out. He heals them. A wise woman once said to me, You know, Pastor, the church isn't a museum for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. And I think she's exactly right. You see, we come to this place, well, when we can come to this place, as fallen, broken sinners. And let's be honest, we don't belong. Sin doesn't belong in God's presence. And yet, we have a God that loves us so much that we are welcomed anyway. 
that we are brought into the fold, that we are accepted for who we are. But my friends, just because we're accepted for who we are doesn't mean that God wants us to stay as we are. So yes, we are still challenged by the gospel. We are still challenged to live the life that God calls us to live. It means that we are called to live lives of love. And that love is boundless. It includes everyone. We are called to accept people who we think may not belong. Just as we have been accepted to places that we don't belong. We are called to forgive even when we think someone is unforgivable. We are called to serve even when we think that we don't have time or people don't deserve it. You see, we rejoice because we have been accepted to the place where we don't belong, into God's kingdom, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, who gave his life so that we can have life and life eternal. We don't belong there, but we're brought in there. We're accepted there. And Jesus casts out the demons in our lives. You and I have been accepted to somewhere we don't belong. And therefore, you and I are challenged to accept others who don't look like us, don't sound like us, don't act like us, don't vote like us, don't think like us. We are called to welcome people into all places, even here. Amen.